We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name's Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for all of you fine folks on the other side of the speaker. I appreciate you all tuning in. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. More on them in a little bit. Today, we're going to talk about Nick Bosa's massive contracts extension and the 49ers' delicate little contract dance they have going on and what major thing kind of enables it. Um, we're going to talk about our striking gold prize picks of the week, and we're going to be breaking down the 49ers versus Steelers in a little bit more detail. Hopefully you guys enjoyed. I mean, I'm recording this on Thursday this morning, uh, episode 300 released. I would have liked for that to have been a little earlier this week, but I had to make things work with, with Crocker. You know, he's, he's, he's a busy dude. And uh, we made it happen a little later than I wanted. You know, that's why you're kind of going to get back-to-back pods on back-to-back days. Hopefully, you don't mind. Hopefully, you're into that. I apologize for my voice. Again, my voice has been on just an absolute, has been taking an absolute beating over the past few weeks. When it comes to the return of school, you know, teaching, talking to students all day long, I have no periods off. Normally, a middle school teacher will have one period off. Um, I don't. Uh, which is fine with me. You get paid quite a bit more. So you're doing that all day. And then you have to go out and, and coach and take your voice level up another notch. And then then I come home and then I have to podcast. I mean, you guys have heard me say this before. I, I don't need to repeat it. But my voice is still not on the up and up. I'm also dealing with a little bit of allergies. So I apologize if kind of like a sniff sneaks through. I really hate the fact that I, that I, you know, I would... I hate sniffing, obviously, through a microphone. That is a sound that nobody enjoys hearing. I'm going to do my absolute best to like keep that to a minimum. I'll mute the mic real quick, sniff, blow my nose, whatever I got to do. Uh, just know that I'm still on here recording. Not sick, just allergies. It's coaching life. Um, it's the uh, the genetics that Robert Newton Ladder IV passed down to me. But anyways, let's get into it. You know what? And speaking of coaching, I'll, I'll, I'll shed some light on my coaching struggles right now. So we had our first game of the season. You're going to be like, what struggles are you talking about? We had our first game of the season against kind of like our rival school. I guess they're all kind of rivals. There's only four other middle schools, but um, we played against uh, Granite Intermediate, kind of like our rival school to Kasner Intermediate because Granite is kind of like the school that they built kind of in Kasner's area that ended up taking quite a bit of, you know, it ended up, splitting Kasner's player base kind of in half, you know, uh, in a way. And so there's always been kind of a rivalry there about, you know, which school anybody chose, you know, and so we played Granite and we beat them 34 to eight. This is an absolute whooping. One of our new players that played for Granite last year, I think he got in a little bit of trouble. Don't quote me. <laughs> um, came to, 
Kasner, and he scored four times in this game. This dude is like six foot tall for a middle schooler, a, a 13, 14-year-old, and about, I don't know, I guess 180 pounds, probably runs somewhere around a 4-4 to 4-5 40-yard dash. One of the, I think he was the fastest track athlete in California, so at his age level. So absolute freak. He had a genuine pick six, uh, pick of the stick play. Um, they got one big play all day. We run kind of like a cover three. Obviously, everybody knows the weakness on a cover three is kind of down the seams. They ran one big play. Our corner bit on a corner route and came too far towards the inside of the field, and they put a, a deep ball down the right sideline. Gained about 40, 50 yards, put him on the 10-yard line, and we called our all-out blitz. I refer to it affectionately as wombats. The reason we chose the word wombats is because it has a W, an M, a B, and an S. Obviously standing for Will, Mike, Buck, and Sam linebackers. They love it. I mean, we all get to say wombats during a football game. Who the hell doesn't love that? That is an all-out blitz from all four linebackers. Well... This player, being the player he is, you know, he's he's pretty cocky. He elects not to blitz. He kind of starts, then backs off. Uh, the quarterback got rid of it super quick, threw it over the middle, into the end zone, and the linebacker that was supposed to be blitzing picks it off and takes it all the way to the house for like a 105-yard touchdown, you know, coming out of the end zone. What's funny about that play is when we run Wombats, our corners and safeties just go into man coverage. And if you watch the film, our safety played it perfectly and was right behind the the other guy, ready to get the interception. But the other guy, who was supposed to be blitzing, uh, kind of stole it from him. <laughs> I felt bad for him. Um, that other guy is also an athletic freak that probably would have returned it for a touchdown as well. So crazy play. So awesome to watch. Um, he also had a, a kickoff return touchdown on the very first play of the day. He also had a punt return touchdown and what was the, oh, a, a suit, like a 50 yard catch for a touchdown. All of them were crazy plays in and of themselves. It was just pure entertainment to watch now. So we win this big game and we just happen to have our bye week week two. I'm dealing with this little like, and I'm not the head coach, but I, you know, obviously I'm involved. I stay involved. I teach there. I'm, I'm, I'm involved. Some of our players, our best players all of a sudden this week have started to just be like, Oh, I'm not feeling great. I got a headache. And you know, you never want to necessarily just deny what a player is telling you. You can't, it's, it's, it's not your job and you want to take, you want to take care of them. We want to take care of them more than anything else, but you kind of learn to recognize, you know, when a player is genuinely sick, genuinely hurting. And this had a little bit of, I don't know to it. They uh, they didn't dress out. They went and stood in the shade while everybody else practiced. And it, it happened two days in a row. And yeah, we got a bye week, but we're still, I mean, this is a team that has the talent to go undefeated. And I've told them that. And, you know, obviously I saw this greatness in them. We go out, we whoop out, we whoop, whoop ass on the first game of the season. And then I feel like they're, they're almost checking out like, oh, we're coach. No team's going to compete with us. We, we don't need to be out here now again. If they actually are hurting, if they are sick, then I would never want them to have to get out there in the Fresno heat and play football. But a few things happened during practice, and all of a sudden, they had all sorts of energy, all sorts of enthusiasm, all sorts of, you know, one player, one of our, also one of our starters, halfway through practice was like, oh, I'm not feeling too good, and goes and stands with them in the shade. And then five minutes goes by, and the, that player is over there just throwing the football back and forth. So, you can envision how frustrating this is as a coach, seeing kind of like the leaders of your team, the best players on your team, just pull themselves out as if practice isn't important. We'll see how next week goes. Again, this is a bye week. We'll see how next week goes. I certainly don't want to punish the whole team for what they're doing, nor does the head coach, but it's a, it's an interesting struggle that we're going through, trying to figure out how to keep these guys on the field because we want to stay sharp. We want to stay ready. Then our next game is against what we kind of feel is the second best team in our league. And we want to whip that ass and we want to go undefeated. But, you know, we're just trying to avoid being served a huge slice of humble pie. So it's been frustrating. We'll see how, uh, how next week goes. 
and uh, you know, just cluing you into my struggles. I, I don't have all the answers. We'll have to figure this one out and uh, and work through it. But something tells me that we haven't seen the end of this. I'm not feeling good. Uh, I got a little bit of a headache, you know, and it, especially with a headache, that's something where you don't want to be like, eh, get out there. That's not how we do things now. But man, it's frustrating because we really do have the squad. I'm the receivers coach and the defensive backs coach and the defensive coordinator. And we have, I mean, we could go all year and allow maybe one or two touchdowns. Like there's just so much talent from top to bottom, but hopefully we can get them out there. You know, it's, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be an interesting little back and forth between the coaches and the players. And Hey, Next man up, right? I mean, one of my players that took himself out is also competing for the X role at wide receiver. So he just gave, you know, he just lost an inch to that because, you know, and that was one of the ones that was like, oh, I'm not feeling too good. And then all of a sudden he's throwing the football around on the, uh, on the sideline. So, you know, just cluing you into that coaching life, the little things you got to deal with. But seriously, this, this, I'll keep you guys updated. This really is a team that can go undefeated. I'm hoping they're down. And what's crazy is the player I've been talking about, he is so talented, naturally talented, athletically talented, like every type of talented you could be. He could he could go, he could get a scholarship and he could even, you know, if he finds that fire inside, he could play in the NFL. I'm just telling you, this man is an is, is an unbelievable athlete. He's I've seen him make just effortless one-handed catches, and he's a running back, and he's a like he's got it all. But, you know, the guys that go to the league, the guys that are even options to go to the league, they all have it all for the most part. They're all freaks. But the guys that separate themselves are the ones that are just maniacal. Like, they can't be told to stop working. They can't be, you know, they, there are no days off. Hashtag grind. You know what I mean? So uh, I, don't, I don't know if I necessarily see that in him or not. And it's frustrating as an adult because you're like, dude, it's all in front of you, man. Go take it. But they got to want it. So. All right, let's keep going. Uh, obviously, everybody knows by now that Nick Bosa has signed a massive contract extension with the 49ers. It got hairy. It got it got way hairier than I think anybody was willing to ever um anybody was ever willing to even accept that it would get to. I think myself and basically everybody else in the 49ers media world just figured that the Nick Bosa extension would always be easy and obvious. And But when you start to look at the numbers and you start to look at what other players got at that position and what Aaron Donald got, and to me, when you look at this contract, it's clear that well, – I wouldn't say it's clear, but I think it's a safe assumption that I don't think, I don't think Nick Bosa ever came off – the number that he initially said that he needed to have. I mean, you look at the contract and what he got. Nick Bosa's five-year, $170 million deal. $122 million guaranteed. I think he got a $50 million signing bonus. Like, it's just absolutely massive. He's making $34 million a year. He's, that's, that's, Two and change or three and change over Aaron Donald's $31.7 million a year. Joey Bosa's or Nick Bosa's brother, Joey, he got $102 million. Nick Bosa's $20 million above that. You, normally, when you see someone edge out somebody else on a contract, they're very similar. You know, like Nick Bosa would get $32 million to Aaron Donald's $31.7, or he'd get $32.5. To Nick, uh, to Aaron Donald's thirty-one point seven, he'd get one hundred and ten million guaranteed compared to uh, Joey Bosa's one hundred and two. You know, they always just kind of out out edge each other. Well, Nick Bosa is just way ahead of everybody else, and I'm not saying that's bad whatsoever. Like that man deserves everything he's going to get. He is the defensive player of the year for a reason. Uh, I believe he was the defensive rookie of the year as well. It's, I mean, it's obvious, but. To me, this contract says the 49ers tried their absolute best to play hardball and for the most part lost. And that's perfectly fine. It, it, you don't need to win contract negotiations. Now, the win for the 49ers will be how this is structured. Is the majority of the money up front? Does it get pushed to the back? 
Are there is is there an easy escape if the 49ers need to? They are always on the verge of, you know, they're, they're always right there when it comes to team friendly deals. Every big contract they've ever written is typically typically leans towards the 49ers if you want to pick somebody as a winner of the contract. Well, I mean, so far, just based off the numbers, it looks like Nick Bosa won big time. Just a massive deal. He reported to the organization today. Actually, it was Wednesday night. Practiced on Thursday. Didn't really take part in practice by all reports. Worked out on the side field, um, which is fine. I mean, it's Nick Bosa. You know what he's going to look like. He's probably, I mean, is there anybody in the league that looks even remotely as freaky as Nick Bosa? I think Trent Williams is way up there. Y'all have heard me say that plenty of times. But is there anybody as as weirdly athletic, like a freak physical specimen as Nick Bosa? The dude, I'm telling you, looks like an action figure. And then you look at his stance when he's on the defensive line and he's got his front foot up like a sprinter. He's got his back foot way back there. He takes up like five yards worth of space. He just looked like a snake coiled up. Like there is Nick Bosa is just a physical freak on so many different levels. It's it's unreal to just watch. And it doesn't surprise me at all that he got such a massive contract. And again, these things get outdated quickly. I don't know how quickly Nick Bosa's is going to get outdated, but I mean, damn. $34 million a year. That's a huge, huge, um, huge, huge number. No one's going to question whether it's worth it or not at all. But now the 49ers are in a spot where, you know, if you look at their quarterback room, they've officially gotten to like ground zero of quarterbackness. You know, Brock Purdy's the starter. He's making like $800,000 a year or something. Not a lot. That's how you can pay so many players huge money. Um, and I got to pull up this this picture um, from the Pat McAfee show that I'll talk about in a little bit. Um, in order to kind of create this space, the 49ers restructured the contracts of George Kittle and Trent Williams. I believe we talked about that on the pod just a few episodes ago, just taking a look at, at, at their cap numbers and which contracts seemed like they were obviously um, open for restructuring. Uh, the two moves of Kittle and Williams cleared up $23.2 million in salary cap space. That's a lot. That moves the 49ers all the way up to among the the most in the NFL when it comes to salary cap. Trust me, that's that's more of a prepping for the future type move. Um, and what's weird about this is it's still prepping for the future because the salary cap always goes up. It steadily rises, steadily rises. But whenever you restructure a contract, you're really just pushing money backwards. Um, for example, let me get my notes here. I believe before these restructures, Kittle was had a at a at a salary cap hit of like 19 million. In 2024, and Trent Williams had one of like 28 million in 2024. Well, if I wander over towards over the cap here and I hit 2024, um, George Kittle's contract number for 24 is now 22 million. So that went up $3 million. And Trent Williams' contract number in 2024 is now a whopping, his cap number is now a whopping $31.6 million. And if he's cut before June, not that they would release Trent Williams. I'm not. It's just when you look at these numbers, they're staggering. If they were to cut him before June, they would owe him $30 million in dead money, which means it's money that's just not going to anybody. Now, if they do it after June, it kind of flips to 21 million cap savings, but Unbelievable. And then you go to 2025. I don't know what Williams' num- cap number was before this restructure, but now Williams' cap number in 2025 is $34 million. Now, here's a, here's a huge thing, and I'm not a huge contract guy. I try to understand it. I have no idea what happens to this money if he retires. Does it all just go poof and the 49ers are suddenly off the hook? Uh, I don't think it does if they've rolled like sal- like guarantees into that year. I mean, you're, I'm looking at a prorated bonus of $10.7 million that year. I'm almost positive that stays. You know, you go to 2024, prorated bonus, $10.7 million. If he were to retire next year, which I don't think he will, 
you know, I think the gar- the bonus money, the prorated stuff stays, but I, I really don't want to quote myself on that. And then you can see his, his, and actually, no, this is, so they did add a void year where they can push a little bit of cap towards a later year. Trent, Trent Williams cap number in 2026. We're kind of getting over the jumping the shark here, but just looking at these numbers, it's unreal. His cap number in 2026 is $38 million. So there's so much money pushed towards the back of these deals. And you just wonder how they're going to continue to maneuver around it. But they are guys in that building that know infinitely more about salary cap than I do. And the fact that it's always going up. So we'll see. This is what I'm referring to when I talk about this kind of delicate little dance that they're doing. They're taking money. They're pushing it back. Um, just kind of hoping that, you know, they're extending their window just, just a little bit. Um, they have a lot of players. Let's go to 2024 one more time. And you just read through some of these cap numbers. Eric Armstead, 25.6. Trent Williams, 31.6. George Kittle, 22. Fred Warner, 24.4. Debo Samuel, 28.5. Javon Hargrave, 15.4. Um, Charvarius Ward, 17.9. For Charvarius Ward, Brandon Ayuk and Christian McCaffrey both at both at fourteen million. You know that's why I wouldn't be surprised if they extend Brandon Ayuk because he's got a fourteen million dollar cap number next season for the fifth year option. So there's some space to be cleared there. You can actually free up more money, but Brandon Ayuk's going to get a huge deal, whether it's from the 49ers or from someone else. So you know we're all over the place as far as the 49ers spreading this money around. As you can see, they've got some unreal cap numbers that back back there. So it's going to get weird. And it's a lot of it's going to depend. Is Nick Bosa's salary cap front heavy? I mean, he, he was already due $18 million, um, kind of as a fifth-year option. And now, you know, is, is, is I think it's all new money. I, wa- I don't know. Is is all of this money getting tacked onto that? Because no matter what, I'm pretty sure he's due that 18 million. And I think his $50 million signing bonus gets thrown on then. So Nick Bosa made like $70 million this year. Cause he's getting that 50 at signing and he was already due essentially 18 due to the fifth year option. So shout out to Nick Bosa. That is, I mean, unbelievable generational wealth. I'm always so excited when NFL players get paid because they work so damn hard for this moment. And like Crocker said yesterday, it ain't about the money because you have to just be insanely talented and insanely driven to get to this point, let alone to the point where Nick Bosa is, where he's in the absolute elite of the elite in the NFL um, on his way to Canton, Ohio type stuff. Uh, you know, that's just, it's incredible what, what, what they can put themselves in a, position to achieve just based on crazy hard work and some amazing genetics, you know, can't forget about that. I'm not going to not mention it. Okay. So you heard it last pod transitioning. We are now sponsored. This is not an ad read right now. I'm not about to bust. They might plug in the ad sometime. They might plug in ads. So don't hold on. Beep, beep, beep. You might have ads coming at you sometime soon, but this right now is not an ad read, although you need to go to friesfix.com slash gold and use promo code gold for a first deposit match of up to 100 bucks. All that means is, I mean, if, if you put in 50 bucks, they'll match it. You put in 75 bucks, they'll match it. 25 bucks, match it. 100 bucks, match it. So, I mean, take advantage of that. Use promo code gold. Makes me look great. Um, again, that's prizepicks.com slash gold. Now, what we're going to do on the show is we're, you know, every week, Probably in this second episode, as we approach a game, we're going to do our striking gold prize fix of the week. Okay. Um, and, and what I like about prize fix, it's so simple. Like you can literally set your, your lineup, your selections in like a minute. Like now I mentioned this in the ad yesterday, like I'll stare at them for 10 minutes because I just want to make sure I'm not missing anything or I don't want to go in a different direction. It's, you know how it is. So um, but it's, it's, you guys have seen these types of, you know, daily fantasy sports where you're selecting a player. Is he going to have more or less yards? Is he going to have more or less targets, more or less touchdowns? Um, you can pick between two to six players. 
stat projections, and then you're just watching the winnings roll in. I just I like it. I, I like the way it's formatted. I it's a little easier to, in my opinion, use skill. It's it's more skill based than it is anything luck related. You know, it's you can look at these players, you can consider the matchups, you can check prior stats, and you can make a bet. And 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 if you you know, and even then it's 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 daily. It's you're placing entries. You've got player projections. You can put in the laid work. There's it's skill based. It, you can do it every day. You know, it's you just gotta kind of have a feel for it. I know a lot of you guys out there, big fantasy players, you've already kind of got a grasp on what players seem to do on a weekly basis. So get in there, place your entries, jump on prize picks. And then, you know, again, website, prizefix.com slash gold. Let's go over my picks. Where are they at? Here they are. I've got them. Okay, here's my picks for this week. And I'm going to go over them. I'll give you my my reasoning. Okay, I went with three players. Now, what I liked, too, about prize picks was as you get into, like, the three or four picks, you can say, you know, do you are you betting? And so, you know. It's and not even even the word betting is is not what we're going for. It's it's more of like because that in, implies luck. And with this, I just think there's so much more skill that goes into it. Do you want to select three, four, five players, and then it allows you to say, well, do you want to, you know, do you want to have to win on three of the four players? Do you want to have to win on four of the five players? Do you want to have to win on every player? And so I did three and selected the the power play it's called so i have to win on all three here's my three i selected george kittle to have more than 41.5 receiving yards okay now if you look at george kittle's stats and you kind of weigh it all out he there are plenty of games where he's below that and plenty of games where he's above that where he's got more than that but I just feel like his relationship is probably going to stake, take steps forward with Brock Purdy. We all saw how much more potent George Kittle became with Brock Purdy. Uh, since Brock Purdy's been in, I believe George Kittle's averaged somewhere in the neighborhood of about 55 yards a game. And then you also look at the touchdowns. Two touchdowns against Seattle. Two against Washington. One against the Raiders. Two against Arizona. And then you go into the playoffs. Didn't have a score in the playoffs. But he had 37 yards, 95 yards, 32 yards. Um, you know, he had a 129-yard game against Washington, a 93-yard game against Seattle. But there's still games where it's below it. So you really got to put in the work. And and I, I feel like in a hostile environment, on the road, Brock Purdy's first game back since the injury, I, I feel like he's going to lean on George Kittle against a physical Steelers defense. I think he goes more than 41.5 receiving yards. I also selected Brock Purdy to throw more than 0.5 interceptions. Okay. Now, this is not me saying that I think Purdy's going to have a two, three interception game. The 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 limit is set at 0.5. So I'm going over that. And I think he throws at least one. I mean, you're talking about a Steelers defense, and we'll get into this. That is very respectable. And it's on the road in week one. I think Purdy throws an interception, but I don't think he, I don't, I, that's not me saying I think he plays bad at all. I, I just think that, that it would be reasonable for a young quarterback in his situation, making his return in a hostile road environment against the Steelers, a, great coaching, great players. Uh, I think one interception is reasonable. I just don't think it's going to be Patrick Peterson. I hope <laughs> if you saw that quote, he just said, Kyle Shanahan's offense has tells, talk to me after I get the interception. And I mean, Patrick Peterson has been playing against Kyle Shanahan's 49ers for a while. I don't think he's ever gotten an interception, so I don't know. All right, my last prize pick, my last striking gold prize pick of the week is I am picking Steelers quarterback Kenny Pickett to get less than 212 receiving yards. And it's around the same thing. You know, these numbers are not coincidental. Go to Kenny Pickett's stats. Let's punch them in right now. I wish I had like a keyboard sound effect. I mean, that's kind of a thinking computer, but you know what I mean. So let's go to Kenny Pickett's stats. Let's uh, let's go to game logs because that's kind of what I what I want to look at. Uh, let's go back here. Let's go back. I like Pro Football Reference personally. 
game logs for 2022. So you look at his games, you know, 130 yards, 327, 67, 257, 191, 199, 265, 174, 197, 244, 168, 195. So a lot of his games were less than 212 yards. Now he is getting to play at home, um, but he is going up against a 49ers defense that is okay against the pass. But I mean, Nick Bosa's back out there. He's going to have that in his head. I don't know how many snacks Nick Bosa is going to play. I think I just said snacks instead of snaps. That's cool. I mean, get yourself a snack, striking gold. Um, so I was confident in that one. I mean, I, I feel like the Steelers, you know, they got Najee Harris. And Najee Harris is a dual threat running back. He can catch and he can obviously run. I just, I don't necessarily feel like Kenny Pickett's going to get the big passing plays. I, the 49ers are good at limiting those. I don't think he's going to get the, uh, the, just the production to go over 212 yards. So I picked less. And to me, betting on the 49ers defense, uh, and you know, just in general, like when you're talking about a team and whether or not they're going to play well, it's the 49ers defense. I'm not talking about betting in, in, in a, in a gambling sense. I'm talking about like, if I'm going to put my faith in somebody, it's the 49ers defense. They bring it. So I have selected Kenny Pickett to go for less than 212 yards. And, um, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a huge, you know, it's, I'm not very aggressive when it comes to my daily fantasy sports. You know, I'm not very aggressive when it comes to my selections. I put down $10 on a power play, three picks to pay $50. We'll see how I do. You know, I, I'm, I will work my way up when I start to build some confidence, then we'll get there. But I would love for you guys to play prize fix with me, you know, and, and when I post my picks on Friday coming up tomorrow, you guys can reply with yours and we can, you know, talk a little shit on each other after the game to see who got what, uh, I would love for you guys to do that. But again, you got to go to prizefix.com slash gold G O L D. And uh, Price Picks is going to match your first deposit of up to 100 bucks. Um, again, that's PricePicks.com slash gold. And uh, they're going to match any deposit up to 100 bucks. Daily fantasy sports made easy. That's Price Picks. Um, so, yeah, it's super interesting. I mean, if I, if I go in here, there are so many options. So many options. Let me go back to the 49ers players. Just to name a few. Brandon Ayuk. More or less than 52.5 receiving yards. I was tempted to take that one at more, uh, more or less 10 and a half point fantasy score. Brandon, Ayuk was on my fantasy team last year. That seems like an over. There's so many good selections in here that it's like, dang, I'd take that. Uh, again, Purdy more or less than 0.5 interceptions. Um, Purdy more or less than 236 passing yards. That seems like a less to me, but he's gone over that. Um, does Brandon Ayuk have more or less than 5.5 receptions? Christian McCaffrey, does he have more or less than 0.5 pass rush or receiving touchdowns? I wish I would have caught that one. I mean, I, I could I could place another selection right now, place another entry right now. But Christian McCaffrey, more or less on 0.5 pass or rush receiving touchdowns. I mean, that seems like a I would I would love to take more on that one. So again, guys. Get on prize picks. Check these out. You've got Christian McCaffrey. You've got Debo Samuel. You've got George Kittle. You've even got Mitch Wisnowski down there. Okay. And, but you have to combine players from two teams. So the easiest way to do it from, from a fan's perspective is to go to the other team. Like, do you think Deontay Johnson is going to get more or less than five receptions? That seems like a more to me. Because, but I mean, you've got to look at Deontay Johnson's stat line. It's wild. We'll talk about it. They've got their kicker, Chris Boswell, on here. More or less than five and a half points. They've got George Pickens. They've got Kenny Pickett. They've got Najee Harris. They've got Pat Fryermuth. They're a solid tight end. Presley Harvin the third. Okay. Oh, that's their punter? That's cool. Presley Harvin the third. All right. So, I mean, I just, I like it. It's simple. It's easy. It's fast. It's... It's skill based. You know what I mean? You, you, it just feels like there's so much more of your own intuition and research that goes into it. So prizepicks.com slash gold. Do it. Um, I'm going to post my picks tomorrow on Twitter. If you want to jump in, post your picks under there. We'll talk about it. 
I would, I mean, I would love to have my ass kicked by you guys on prize picks. Like that would make me happy to know you guys are out there securing the bag. So jump on prize picks, use promo code gold and uh, we'll get it on. You guys already know. I love the interaction between you and I. So it might, we might as well add it to the prize fix. It's always more fun to be there for live 49ers football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the 49ers and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash 49ers. All right, last but not least, let's talk a little 49ers Steelers. Crocker and I talked about it. You know, you got to love Mike Tomlin. That dude is just one of the most solid coaches in the NFL. Been doing it forever. Um, you know the Steelers are going to be well coached. You know they're going to be going to have all their their eyes dotted and their T's crossed and their ducks in a row and their P's and Q's and whatever corny phrase I can come up with. Um, but I was looking at the, the the baseline stats of these two teams just to kind of get like a a basic comparison between the two, and I was really surprised at a lot of them um, on offense. We'll start with the Steelers offense because that's what you guys are worried about. But with every stat that I pulled on the Steelers, I also contrasted it with the 49ers. So you could kind of build a picture in your mind of the two teams. Build it in your mind. What's what what movie? Oh, it's like um what's the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where he he does like the fantasy machine and then loses it? Um total recall. <laughs> but when he talks to that that Quato guy with that's like coming out of somebody's stomach. So weird. But he's like, free your mind. And he's like all weird and a puppet. Anyways, so random. And I apologize. I'm a huge movie guy. I have the most random movie references. So every now and then they just kind of leak out and you're like, geez, Rob, take it easy, you dork. All right. So on the Steelers offense, they are 19th in base completion percentages. The 49ers are 11th. They are 27th in yards per attempt. The 49ers are fourth. That is a massive discrepancy between these two offenses. They are 22nd in yard total yards passing. The 49ers are 12th. They are 18th in interceptions, passing interceptions. The 49ers are fifth. Those are interceptions thrown by your quarterback because these are offensive statistics. 29th in passer rating, 49ers are second. 24th in 20-plus yard plays, and the 49ers are seventh. So if you're looking for a significant, what do I want to call it? Like a mismatch in firepower. Now, I do expect the the, the the Steelers to take a significant step forward. You know, it's, it's Kenny Pickett's second year. He did some really solid things. I was going to say pretty solid and really solid, and I said pretty solid. It's been a long day, guys. And I, I think they'll be much better. So I don't necessarily these think these statistics from last year are the perfect snapshot, but you can see just the difference between these two teams. The 49ers have far more oomph on offense. But, I mean, who am I kidding? You've got one team that's got, and this is not disrespect, Kenny Pickett, um, Najee Harris, uh, George Pickens and Deontay Johnson and Pat Fryermuth. None of those players are bad by any means. They're, it's a solid team. But when you're comparing that to, um, if you're getting the Brock Purdy of what we saw last year, that's a solid. You've got Christian McCaffrey, one of, if not the best running back in the NFL, all things considered. George Kittle, one of, if not the best tied end in the NFL, all things considered. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, uh, a top 15 receiver in the league for me, somewhere around there. You've got Debo Samuel, one of the most dangerous. Like, you're seeing the point. The 49ers have a lot more talent. They should be a lot better. So that's not necessarily a huge boost to the 49ers' ego, but if there's like a huge difference between these two teams, it's what each offense is capable of. Not to mention Mike Tomlin, probably really solid on both sides of the ball. If I had to guess, I'd say he's probably more of a defensive coach. I just don't remember his background. 
I mean, he's been head coaching <laughs> since I've, you know, taken an interest. So I'm sure some of you guys out there know. But so in terms of offense, there's just they're they're very, very, very neck and neck. I mean, you've got the remember Deontay Johnson's Deontay Johnson's stat line I mentioned. The dude had 147 targets last year. He only caught 86 of them. He was he almost I wouldn't say dropped, but he almost had double the targets versus receptions for 882 yards and no touchdowns. Isn't that just like the weirdest stat line ever? He had 147 targets. He caught 86 of them for 882 yards and no touchdowns. I mean, what is that? Their tight end, Pat, Pat Fryermuth, was next in targets with 98. He caught 63 of them. That's a more acceptable ratio for 732 yards and two touchdowns. George Pickens had 84 targets, caught 52 of them for 801 yards and four touchdowns. So, I mean, when you're looking at that right there, there's nobody on that offense that really is like dynamite, but they're all solid. And that's kind of what Kenny Pickett needs at this point in his career. He just needs solid players around him that he can get the ball to. Um, I, I Again, I expect Pickens to take a step forward. I expect Pickett to take a step forward. Deontay Johnson, you know, he's been doing it for a little while. He's about what we expect. Pat, Pat Fryermuth is kind of an emerging tight end. I mean, nine, uh, 63 for 732 is not, you know, that's a very solid season. So they've got solid options, but when you go and look at the 49ers on offense, it's like, damn. You know, let's go down to their receiving. Brandon Ayuk, 7-8 catches for 1,000 yards and 8 touchdowns. George Kittle, 60 catches for 765 yards and 11 touchdowns. Debo Samuel, obviously a down year for him and was unhealthy for a lot of it. 56 catches for 632 yards and 2 touchdowns. Um, You know, anybody who watched that just knew. And then you've got through the air. Through the air, Christian McCaffrey with with um, 52 catches for 464 yards and four touchdowns. Like you can see the potency and the firepower, you know, the difference in the firepower. But I mean, at the same time, you got to go up there and account for Najee Harris. He had over a thousand yards rushing, only averaged 3.8 yards a carry, so it was definitely a volume play. Seven touchdowns that was that's respectable. So. The Steelers are just kind of unremarkable on offense, and they're going against a great defense. Is that the mismatch? If 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 there's going to be one, that to me feels like it, like like the mismatch: the Steelers' offense versus the 49ers' defense. And I'm not talking about the idea that this, the 49ers' defense is a mismatch for everybody. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about you know a a very discernible difference between. What the output of the Steelers' offense in the output of the 49ers' defense. And if you want to compare the Steelers' offense to the 49ers, there's a just significant difference there, too. Now, when you go on the defensive side of the ball, and this will be the last thing we talk about today, and we'll get out of here. Don't forget about prize picks. We're playing. It doesn't have to be a lot of money. Just jump on. Steelers' defense, okay? They are sixth in completion percentages. 49ers are 20th. There's a big difference right there. But, I mean, we know what the 49ers defense does. They are 27th in yards per attempt. So, they're not great there. The 49ers are 10th. So, what the 49ers lost in completion percentages, essentially what that tells me is the Steelers um, give up quite a bit of yards per attempt. They're a bit more of a giving up a big play team, whereas the 49ers give up more short passes. But in terms of yards per attempt on those passes, it's a lot lower. Um, both teams are 20th and 21st in passing yards. I think the 49ers are 20th. Steelers are 29th in passing touchdowns allowed. The 49ers are seventh. So a huge discrepancy there. The Steelers are, look like they're a little vulnerable in the air. Uh, now I wonder how much of that is because a player like TJ Watt is, was, was hurt for some of the year. You know, I'm assuming it factors in, um, both teams Lead the league in interceptions. They're tied. In terms of rushing yards allowed, the Steelers are ninth. The 49ers are second. You can really see these stats tightening up to just telling you that both groups are very good. Um, The Steelers are sixth in yards per attempt allowed. The 49ers are first. Um, The Steelers are first in rushing touchdowns allowed. The 49ers are ninth. So 
a much more back and forth affair when you're comparing the two teams' defenses. And all you got to do is is take a look at the Steelers' depth chart to know kind of what they're coming at the 49ers with. You know, you've got Cam Hayward. You've got TJ Watt. You've got, um, what's his name? Alex Highsmith. I mean, that dude had like 14 sacks. TJ Watts coming at it. Um, it's a it's a stacked group between Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, and Alex Highsmith. You know, they've also got Quan Alexander on that defense. I'm not sure he's a starter, though. He's kind of a backup at two spots. You got Minka Fitzpatrick back there. You got Pat- Patrick Peterson at one corner. Uh, Levi Wallace on the other. It's uh it's a good group. It's a good group. And it's going to be a challenging group for the 49ers offense, namely along the offensive line. That's where I worry about the 49ers offense holding up. Is they're going to have a lot of talent coming at them. And it's uh, Trent Williams no one's worried about. How's Aaron Banks going to hold up? How's Jake Brendel going to hold up? How's Spencer Burford going to hold up? And how is brand new to the starting lineup Colton McKivitt's going to hold up against, you know, an Alex Highsmith or a TJ Watt? That's kind of terrifying. So, you know, definitely the 49ers may have a lot more firepower on offense, but I feel like they're going to have a a very strong defensive line coming at them that may negate a lot of the plays the 49ers are used to making, especially when you're talking about traveling um, across the country and playing in an early game, 10 a.m. And then, uh, you know, you go to the offense side of the ball. We already talked about it a lot. You know, you got Deontay Johnson. You've got Najee Harris. You've got Kenny Pickett. You've got George Pickens. It's it's a solid group. It'll all depend on how big of a step forward Kenny Pickett takes and whether he can consistently get the ball in the hands of all those around him. Um, they also added Allen Robinson to the mix. I'm not really sure what Allen Robinson's got left in the tank, but I've always had a lot of respect for him and the way he plays the game. But again, I mean, you can look at the same mismatch. If the Steelers are coming at the 49ers offensive line with a defensive line that's respectable. I mean, the 49ers are doing the same. You've got Drake Jackson, Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw, and Nick Bosa. Uh, Cleveland Farrell is, you know, rotating behind him. Austin Bryant looked pretty good in the preseason. Uh, Javon Kinlaw, I have no idea what to expect from him. 49ers have a decent amount of depth between Kerry Hyder, Javon Kinlaw, Kevin Givens, and Austin Bryant. Those are guys you can consistently rotate in there. Um, to spell those guys out, but again, that for that that leading lineup, you know, I expect Drake Jackson to take a pretty big step forward. Um, you've got Eric Armstead, you've got Javon Hargrave, the biggest free agent signing of last year or last this offseason, and then you've got Nick Bosa. So, whatever complaints the 49ers offensive line has, the Steelers offensive line has the same problems. You know, I'd like to look at the offensive line stats of the two and just see who holds up better. Um, in terms of an entire unit, though, 49ers are a little bit more well-rounded. They've got Fred Warner in the middle with Dre Greenlaw. That's the huge discrepancy right there. Linebacker core of the 49ers is essentially unmatched. I have I have, I have, have a decent amount of faith in the 49ers corners. Charverius Ward, we'll see who they want him matched up against. I feel like he'd be better against uh, Pickens than Deontay Johnson. Yamanor Lenore is, uh, I mean, at least on the depth chart, he's supposed to play right corner opposite Ward, but they've been really trying him out at nickel. Um, they could ask Ambry Thomas or Sam Womack to man the outside. I feel like it's going to look like this. Jarvarius Ward on one side, Ambry Thomas on the other, Yamanor Lenore in the slot. If Ambry Thomas struggles, they could put Lenore in Ambry Thomas' space, where Lenore excelled pretty well last season. And then you've got Sam Womack to step up at nickel or Isaiah Oliver. He's already listed there. Deshaun Gibson's back in it. And uh, obviously with uh, all pro Talano Hufunga. So, you know, when I was on here with Croc, I really, I really felt like the 49ers were, were not going to win this one in Pittsburgh, but kind of breaking the teams down in more detail. I'm kind of changing my mind. Can I convince myself that I, the 49ers win? I'm not there yet. But I can go either way. I'm on the fence, you know, in typical Rob fashion. I'm on the fence. Uh, I think it's going to be a great game between two solid teams. I think the 49ers just have the edge and talent and experience when it comes to big games. At the same time, they start out kind of shitty in the Kyle Shanahan era. They've lost more than they've won when it comes to starting out the season. So I'm not going to, like, predict anything. I, I, I just I think it's going to be a game. If the 49ers whip that ass... Uh, I think like we should be impressed. Um, if they lose, 
unless it's an embarrassing type loss, I don't think I'm going to be all that concerned because I just have a lot of respect for the Steelers. I have a lot of respect for Tomlin and and what this team is capable of doing. And, and I think they could surprise some people this year. Uh, we'll see. But anywho, I think that's it. You know, I planned on this pod being a little shorter, but I've said that to you before, and now it's not short. We're at 47 minutes. But we talked about Nick Bosa, you know, his massive contract and the ripples throughout the roster and those other contracts it's going to have, already having. And we went over our prize fix. Again, prizefix.com slash gold. Let's go. Get on there with me. Um, and then we went over the 49ers and Steelers, just in a little more detail than uh, Crocker and I went uh, yesterday. You know, when me and Crocker were talking 49ers Steelers, we were like an hour and a half deep. So at that point, uh, both guys are just kind of, you know, doing the uh, finish him pose in uh, Mortal Kombat. Just anyways, that was me waving around. Sorry. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to Striking Gold. This episode has been brought to you by Prize Picks. Jump on there. Play that with me. Uh, Lock in your selections. More than, less than. Two to six players. Do it. Uh, but hey, I appreciate the support, y'all. Another way to support me is is jumping on Price Fix. Uh, another way to support any of your podcast favorites. Listen to the advertisements all the way through. Don't hit that forty thirty second forward thirty seconds button. Uh, this is just a public service announcement. But in the end, you're here, you're listening. That's the ultimate show of support. Um, and I appreciate it. if you want to show a little more support, jump on your platform, leave us a positive review. Um, but in the end, I, I just want you. I just want you here with me. Just us, striking gold. All right. All good things must come to an end. I've got to get out of here. I'm rambling on. I'm losing my mind. Oh, and that just reminds me of, remember signs when uh, they, they know that somebody's outside the house? They don't know it's aliens yet, and they both agree to go different directions, and he tells them he's got a cuss, but he doesn't. Well, he eventually does, but he one of the things he yells out is, I'm losing my mind, and he doesn't sound in the slightest bit angry. Anyways, I'm sorry, guys. I love you all. Thank you for listening to Striking Gold. Um, thank you for supporting the pod, but hey, as always, it's got to come to an end at some point. I'm Rob. This is Striking Gold, and we are signing out. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-Month Emergency Food Kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com